Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Doctor Script Show. Where we're talking about your favorite movies. What was good? What was bad? And how we can improve on things. We don't just talk about the problems. We get solutions to the problems. And today, joining me to transform this movie, Doctor Sam Taylor. I'm a Decepticon. We cannot do this anymore. Oh, snap. Oh, you're, snap. You're too Optimus Prime for me. Oh, there and you I'll go. And I'll just star scream in pain to get out. I don't know. <laughs> I was trying, guys. Uh, you really were the fallen on that one. I have fallen on my sword on that one. Because <laughs> Transformers has uh, uh, knocked the life out of me. Uh, I'm not not in a, not in a good headspace. Uh, I don't think anyone's in a good headspace watching Transformers. <laughs> I think you probably have a headache and need some Advil. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's your what's your history with the Transformers series? Uh, well, to the people who haven't read or uh, listened to our first review of Transformers One, <laughs> uh, I watched Transformers One in the theaters. I liked it. Um, second. I, this is actually, oh, also guys, if you didn't look at the title, we're doing Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. If you didn't know this, <laughs> also, it's been so long, I forgot we did tra- the OG Transformers really? a little bit. Do you remember anything we tried to fix about the original Honestly, Transformers? No. I'm sorry, guys, pulling back the curtain. I, you do like 60 of these and you start forgetting some bits and pieces. Um, our big fix that I remember for that one was that we wanted to make Megan Fox like a hacker, combined oh, yeah. her in the... Uh, one hacker guy. Oh, the the Anthony Anderson, yeah, the blonde woman who like do kind of like the hacking stuff together. Yeah, but combine them with Megan Fox. Exactly, that and then sense. that's the reason why her father went uh, away to jail. Ah. Yeah, huh? We didn't. We're so I, smart. I can't believe thought of that. <laughs> um, and then some other crap here and there, but that movie did not get us prepared for this guy, the sequel. Um. Man, this was pretty bad. Yeah. Well, what's your history specifically with this movie, then? Right. Um, so, I may have claimed that I watched the second one <laughs> at our first podcast, <laughs> but the fact is, I have, you know, I watch film reviewers online. Literally, this is, like, one of the, like, temple movies that you review to get really mad about. So, I've seen this movie through clips and other people ranting about it, so, like, I got, like, secondhand hatred for this movie, <laughs> and this was the first time I've actually sat down and watched it all. Um, wow. And, I'll be, to be honest, I was a little worried we wouldn't have a lot to say that other people haven't said, but oh my god, this movie starts off in 17,000 BC. No one's ever mentioned that. No. I literally was like, is this how we're starting this? I thought I put on, um, 10,000 BC <laughs> for a second. No, uh, that's just one of the things that... I think it's happened so early in the movie that nobody remembers that it's, like, a weird thing to start your movie. Your robot-fighting movie in 17,000 BC. Yeah. I mean, they touch on it, but it's like... They could have done a bit more with that. There's a lot that they could have done. Yeah. And a lot they chose not to do. But then, my personal experience again, I saw three in the theaters. I remember enjoying three. Mm -hmm. And if my memory serves me right, I feel, because I haven't watched that movie since it came out, I feel like that got a bad rap. I feel like one and three are pretty good. All the even movies are bad. And then five also. Yeah. For me, I remember seeing this in the theater, and it was just after I had gone through my, wow, I know the difference between good and bad film at this point. But I remembered loving the original Transformers, 
I remember seeing the trailer because I feel like the trailer like dropped during the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Like, when I watched it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be so cool!" And there's that part where Optimus Prime jumps on the giant Weebly <laughs> uh, robot in Shanghai and like takes him down, and that looked cool. And I went to the theater and I was like, "Huh, okay." And then my mom came out and she was like, "So I couldn't tell who was fighting." <laughs> and I don't know if the good guys won at the end of this movie. <laughs> and then I was like, "You know, that's fair." Uh, I also think three. Doesn't necessarily a better rep, but it's certainly better than two, four, and five. Yeah, like, I still think one is the, overall the best. Like it's not a great movie, but it's solid. Three is fun if you are a fan of the franchise, and then four. Oh my god, four and five. Oh. Yeah, this movie has the excuse that the writer strike was happening. Yes. I don't know what happened in four and five. Four was they were just like we need a new series. We don't have any new ideas. Let's go. Five was like. All right, what if we make the humans more into <laughs> the robot fighting, but we also make the robot fighting bigger? And then there's Bumblebee. Yeah, oh yeah, Bumblebee's also a thing. I've not seen that. That's It's on the list. Bumblebee, oh, Bumblebee's probably the best of all the movies. Oh, I mean, like, yeah. It's, I, again, haven't seen it, but I could probably agree with that. I think people overhype it a little bit. I don't actually think it's, I don't think it's that good. Mm-hmm. But it's a notch above Transformers 1. Like, and it's an actual personal story. Even though it's basically E.T. That's what I was about to say, yeah. That's what I've heard. It's still good. Okay. Um, I guess since I did just quickly bring it up, uh, the writer's strike, Uh, uh, anything do we uh, attribute? I mean, we definitely attribute (laughs) this, but like... um, what do you think were some... I guess we can bring this up in surgery more of what... Do you think there were more ideas that weren't fleshed out on this? Or like, as a guy... So you're writing it, then the strike happens, and yeah. you give the script to Michael Bay. Is this more to blame on the writer that, you know, left probably pretty early, or is this, like, Michael Bay's project? Well, it's it's hard to say, because there were a few movies that I think suffered from the writer strike being also Quantum of Solace, famously. Mm. And or somewhere between Quantum of Solace and this movie was also something like... Uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yep, yep. Uh, Night at the Museum 2. Oh, uh, The sequel that. to, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, da Vinci Code. Mm. And I think a lot of those, uh, put, I think, suffered a lot. And I do think, while this movie I don't think was ever destined for greatness, <laughs> uh, I do attribute the poor story to the writer's strike. But I attribute the poor execution and some of the poor uh, ideas for certain robots in Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, that's basically where I was going to go with it, too. I feel like this is more of Michael Bay's, like, idea and, you know, tone that he's going for. Because yeah. there's also, like, during the writer's strike, it was sort of just like, all right, we don't have scripts. You be you. Let's yeah. see what happens. And, you know, this movie, I feel like, reflects more on uh, <laughs> Michael Bay than, like, you know, there, and the writer strike had a few gems here and there. This yeah. is how we got Iron Man, and True. that's how Iron Man, the actor Robert Downey Jr., is just Iron Man. So that worked out. It makes sense, but there's, uh, it's attributed to three fairly famous writers for hire, which is Kurtzman and Orsi, mm. who now are separated and they do their own thing. Who Kurtzman? Uh, they did the Star Trek franchise with J.J. Uh, Abrams, and they did a bunch of stuff on TV, but. Kurtzman's also the one responsible for the Mummy 
and the Dark Universe franchise trying to get off the ground. Uh, the mummy, literal rip. <laughs> uh, I don't think Orsi's done anything since. And the third one's Aaron Kruger, okay. who's written most of the Transformers movies. Ah, okay. So I'm pretty sure it's just him being like, what's that studio? You want sexy ladies? You want big robot <laughs> fights? Well, let me see what I can do and add a little racism. <laughs> That's Aaron Kruger, if you're listening, I don't think that you're racist. I'm just simply stating something that happens in a lot of Transformers movies. Oh, man. All right. Uh, We sort of got a little side tangent on that, but uh, is there anything you want to say before we start summarizing this bad boy? Buckle in, folks, because this is either going to be the longest or shortest summary we've ever done. Yep, that is very true. And to all the new listeners, uh, definitely check out our show notes, where if you don't want to listen to our summary, you can just skip to our surgery part where we script doctor everything uh but you know this one i feel like will be a fun summary i always say stick around because it's a good time but you have that option so all right sam where do we start off in this movie it's previously stated (laughs) we begin as all robot movies do in the year 17,000 bc in which transformers descended to earth and waged a war with the indigenous people of earth (laughs) and yeah we get a voiceover from Optimus Prime saying this isn't the first time we've been to Earth. We came here long ago, and you kind of get like a silhouette, like above look at the robot known as the Fallen, and he just crushes a bunch of people. And Literal crush. He steps yeah, on him. It's, it's like a pretty brutal opening. If if this movie had any blood, it probably would be rated R because there's a lot of brutal death in this movie. Very fair. But. Enough 17,000 BC. (laughs) We need to cut to present-day Shanghai, China. Yes, and the... I can't... Was this some type of coordinated hit they... Or, like, a raid they had going on? uh, So, from the last movie, uh, Josh Dumel and Tyrese and all of their crew have formed a team called Nest, who has partnered with the Autobots in order to find the stray Decepticons that are still on Earth and take them down before they cause more damage. And boy, do they fail at their job in this opening. Yeah. They track down this one robot to a construction site, and they kind of have, uh, I think they have like Iron Hide or Iron Side, or I don't remember, and Jazz and a couple of the other ones, which I thought Jazz died in the first movie, but whatever. Um, it, yeah. Oh, sorry, Sideswipe, who just looks like Jazz. Oh, okay. Because all of the oh, are interchangeable. Wow. Oh, wow. You're calling Michael Bay out for some certain tendencies. You can't get <laughs> these Transformers correct? Hmm. But they, they all pull up, and then he just, the Decepticon explodes out of his area and just starts rolling and destroys, like, half of, like, downtown shanghai yeah it's brutal and but you know to be honest it's this is the part where i was like am i gonna like revenge of the fallen because i was like this isn't a terrible opening like well, that's what th- they showed in the trailer for the super bowl which looked really cool did they use this opening in three because i thought i've seen this part no but it, they used uh three the opening in three was the moon landing Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's not a big action scene or anything? No. Okay. I don't think so. Eh, whatever. I think, <laughs> a, I think there might be a war on Cybertron. Oh, that happens, okay. That opens it and then they go to the moon. Hmm. But, eh. Either way, they uh, end up destroying this one Decepticon, uh, and he's falling apart, and Prime comes up to him and he's like, uh, you have been defeated, you, uh, surrender. And then the Decepticon's like, yeah, the fallen will rise, bleh. 
And then Optimus Prime, like, gangster shoots him in the face. Yeah, that was pretty badass. That Uh, was badass. But enough cool world-ending stuff. We cut to Sam Witwicky. He's about to leave for college, and he's excited about it. Boy, and his parents are quirky. Oh, boy. His fucking parents. We don't have... I think we just need to keep plowing through. Well, (laughs) I... I agree, yes, but this is also one of the main complaints about the whole movie is these goddamn fucking parents. Yeah. They suck. They're very annoying. They're also so inconsistent. Like, his (laughs) mom is, like, crying half the time, and then half the time she's like, ooh, honey, we're going to have sex when Sam's gone. (laughs) And and I'm I'm just worried for her mental health. She smokes or eats an edible and just goes all over the place. Yeah. I think the cookies or brownies she ate were actually normal brownies, and she just used it as an excuse <laughs> to act super wonky. Sam's dad t- tries to tell Sam to break up with his yeah. <laughs> Megan Fox girlfriend because he should go exploring in college. And he's like, nah, we're going to be fine. We're Speaking good. of which, uh, she's on the phone. Yep, and she... So Sam's saying, like, no, Dad, we'll be the outlier. We're going to be... I know the percentages, but we'll beat it. And then literally Sam gets a call from Megan Fox, answer it, and he's like, hello, babe. And she goes, hey, Sam, I'm breaking up with you. And (laughs) she says it so deadpan where I thought she was serious. And then Sam's just like, ha, 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 you're so funny. And I was like, oh, it's going to be serious. This is where we're going with it. And then it was like, no, she was making a joke. And I was like, Megan Fox, that was a terrible read. I mean, it's one of those things that probably in the past she said that, like, hey, we should break up so you could go to college and be your own person. But because we don't have the context of that, that means nothing to me. Do you think she's just dropping hints like, haha, I'm going to break up with you. And Sam's just like, uh, finger bang it. Not finger, fuck it. Uh, (laughs) Finger (laughs) gun, sir. I'm not him. Um, (laughs) Finger bang it. Damn it. (laughs) Finger finger shoots. (laughs) Finger, Finger guns. It's hard to Listen, describe this. We already talked about yeah. Shia LaBeouf finger banging. So I, he he goes upstairs and uh, pulls out some of his clothes, and he pulls out the jacket he was wearing when uh, in the from the first Transformers movie. Right. And out of the pocket falls a little shard of what's known as the cube. Do Do you know what I was thinking this whole time? What. This happens like two years or so after. Mm-hmm. Sam has never washed that sweater. Yeah, because the cube shard is still there. Yeah, that's really gross, Sam. You're about to go to college. Get some hygiene. But he's never worn it, and he's never taken it out, but he's, like, taking it to college like it's a memento, but he doesn't do anything with it. Yeah. But the cube shard falls out, he looks at it, and suddenly all of these, like, symbols just appear, like, inside of his brain, and he drops the cube shard again, but burns through the floor, falls into the kitchen, and turns his uh, kitchen appliances sentient, and they start attacking. Yep. And so they're going up. They're literally like, I don't know how this happened, but they're shooting at him with their parts. Yeah, like they have like bullets. The blender, yeah, got a gun. <laughs> like, listen, I know the Second Amendment's a big thing in this for people who like this movie, but come on, the blenders don't need guns. <laughs> and so they're shooting Sam around. The house is getting destroyed, and the parents are like, "Sam, what the fuck is going on?" And then they just see these tiny blender toaster guys coming up and attacking. And Sam's just like, Bumblebee! And Bumblebee destroys the garage he's in and just glocks him in uh, destroying part of the house, the lawn, everything's on fire now. And then the parents are like, call the police! Uh, and the police show up. And coincidentally, so does Megan Fox. Wah, wah. Yeah. And, but then for whatever reason, 
Bumblebee just saved all of them, and Sam's like, get back in the garage. Yeah. How could you? It's like, Jesus, Sam, come on. He just he just saved your life. Literally. It's just like such a shift of tone. Like, fuck you, Bumblebee, but save me. Oh, fuck you. You destroyed my garage. It's like, how how did you want him to get out? Yeah. I don't even see... Eh, but then to add insult to injury, Sam goes back in the garage with Bumblebee, and it's like, hey, buddy, we've had a great time these last two years. You can't come to college with me. Go go do something with your life. Go be with Optimus <laughs> and, like, the other Autobots. And he just says that, like, in 20 seconds and pops back out, and then there's Megan Fox standing there. And all those events happen within a two- to three-minute span. Yes. So tone's going everywhere in this movie to action movie to uh, Megan Fox being there and breaking up with Bumblebee to now talking to Megan Fox about their love. And it's just a lot throwing at you. Yes. And Green Day's in there saying, singing something. Well, and then also, like, the parents are also, like, having their own side discussion, so it's also, like, a, a slapstick comedy. They're off by the van while Sam and uh, Michaela say that. Okay. Essentially say their names. <laughs> if we switch, you know who the actors are. Right. Uh, they're talking somewhere else, and Michaela's trying to get Sam to say the words, I love you. And even though they fought and saved the world together and have been together for over two years, he still can't quite do it. Which is like, wow. That's <laughs> yep. two years, man. <laughs> two years, man. Uh, you know, some people are hard at saying those things, but Sam is very clearly an emotional kind of guy, so it seems weird that he wouldn't say it. Yeah, that's the big thing. And she's, like, railing him on this. Like he, She's like, hey, like, does that mean like you don't love me? Like, all these other things. And then he, like, says one kind of not really witty thing, and she's like... Okay, I still love you. Yeah. We're together in college. And so they're basically, that's it. They just didn't say the L word, word yeah. for this whole scene. But as the scene's going on, the camera is doing a one 360 yeah. all around uh, Sam and Michaela. And I don't get nauseous during movies or anything. Like I see Cloverfield in three day and I would be yeah. fine. This made me nauseous of just all the cutting and the constant twirling. It's like you're... Every time there's a new bit of dialogue, it cuts to a different spinning shot. So you're, like, getting, like, disoriented, but, like, spinning around. And it's supposed to be, like, romantic, but it lasts so long. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then you just go, don't let me go, (laughs) playing in the background. Uh, I do like how, like, mm, late 2000s this movie is, because it is, like, you know, Green Day, Lincoln Park, and at the climax, Sam is running around with a white t-shirt with just, like, a, I don't even know, like, a tattooed six on his chest. I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely wore that in middle school or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So now Sam is off to college. And he's uh, he's in college now, ooey, and the parents are just running around trying to uh, integrate Sam to the whole life and stuff. And Sam meets his roommate, who's like this super intense conspiracy website yeah, he's dude. Like a, he's like a conspiracy nut, and like their roommates, their like you know sweet mates or whatever, have transformed their room into like like a website hub, like where they post conspiracy theories and, like, things. And their main topic, of course, is the Transformers. Which, yeah, that's, like, very... The whole time the Shanghai thing was happening, I was like, I knew smartphones weren't a thing, really, but you still had flip phones. And I was like, how are they not getting... How are they not catching this? And I was like, oh, they aren't. (laughs) That's also a thing that, like, they need to... That I forgot we never addressed, is that the climax from the first Transformers movie is attributed to a gas leak and, like, this, like, random amount of destruction... And nobody, like, 
in like I think I don't remember if it was LA or if they made like a new city. I thought it was called like Liberty City or something. Sure. Nobody from there. Everybody just happened to be crazy. They all go the same <laughs> psychiatrist, and they're like giant robots were fighting. <laughs> and then how are they covering up Shanghai when a giant wheel crushed an entire freeway? It's one of those things. Like, why are we bothering with all this? Like, uh-huh. you clearly don't care because at one point the Decepticons are having a big conversation on top of a skyscraper yeah. in New York, and they're not hiding. They're just walking around. So, I, yeah, why, why the fuck are we dealing with this? But, but anyways. So his roommate, his name's Leo. Right. And the rest of their, you know, crew uh, are doing this and Sam's just being like, no, no, all of it's fake. All of it's fake. And he's not being very convincing about it. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, Sam's mom found a pot brownie. Yes. And is, she's so high right now. Oh. I'm still going on my theory that she ate a regular brownie and she's just trying to, you know, yeah. do whatever the hell she wants. And <laughs> so, yes, her parent, his parents are being wonky and whatnot, and Sam has to try and take care of them. And we cut to the military base with yeah. a bunch of Autobots and Primes there, and this new Secretary of Defense shows up, and he's like, hey, guys, you, you're not following the law. You need to you need to follow our laws. And Optimus Prime, Tyrese, and uh, the other guy, the army guy, yeah. are just like, hey, no, like, we're, we're all working well here. We don't, we don't need your oversight or anything. But the fun part is that, like, this guy is trying to, like, explain, you know, all the bad things that have happened since the Transformers got there. So he's delivering the exposition, if you haven't seen the first movie, but he's delivering that exposition, and you get these cutaways to space, where there's a Decepticon that's taken over a satellite, and he's able to hear everything. Yeah. And so when he hears all of this stuff, he go, cycles through the information while this secretary is literally explaining <laughs> where everything is, like as if he's trying to tell the Decepticons where everything is. And by the end of it, it's like, you know, Megatron's at the bottom of the sea. The cube shard that we have is at this base in this place. Uh, and the other one, is, or something else with, like, you know, Sam being somewhere. Right. And, like, the three key things he just says outright, and then the Decepticon in space is like, all right, everyone, move into positions. All, uh, hindsight, why the hell did they just dump Megatron's body in the ocean? <laughs> Why don't they just, like, carve it to pieces? Yeah, like, that seems like such a weird thing to do. At least, like, you're not going to study that. Like, that's a free cadaver for you. Like, you know, you can get some free oil out of it or something. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, now the uh, Decepticons have this whole plan to revive Megatron. They get the dead corpse out of the ocean, destroy a couple submarines here and there. They go and infiltrate the army base that has the little cube of the... Uh, fuck, yeah. what is it called again? Uh, it's, it's Allspark. Allspark, right. Uh, yeah, they send in, like, a tiger <laughs> Decepticon <laughs> who then releases, like, a skinny, like, paper-thin one who then... It's a whole thing, but we can... Obviously, we can skip over these. Yeah, it, yeah. they get the part and kill people in the process now they're back on the moon, right? They're, no, I think they're in Jupiter, or at least on Jupiter's moon. Okay. And at, at a certain point, Megatron and Starscream go back to this farther, further away place uh, where they meet up with the Fallen. Mm-hmm. And he explains, I need you to activate the machine so that I can be there. Our army of other robots cannot survive without enough Energon. Which we've never talked about what Energon is. I don't even think in the first movie. I, I, and they don't even talk about it in this one either. 
Yeah, it's just a thing. It's just it's the power our... source for... If you don't know Transformers lore, it's the power source for Transformers. Cool. Cool. Um, also, these are three scenes spread out throughout the course of, like, half an hour to an hour, but this is all you really need to know right now. Yeah, and so then The Fallen also says, like, hey, also, uh, I can only die through a Prime killing me, so if you know any Primes, make sure to kill them. Oh, yeah, he also looks super, like, old and weak when he's on this planet. Yeah. And then later on... Spoilers for what we're gonna say later. Optimus <laughs> dies, and the second that Optimus Prime is dead, he's like, "All right, I'm alive now." So I feel like it's like uh, when in Willy Wonka when the grandpa is like, "Oh, I can't move, I can't get out of bed," <laughs> and then Charlie gets the ticket. He's like, "Oh, let's go to Willy Wonka. I'm gonna do a whole song and dance now." I think he's just like, "Oh, I'll let my pawns try and kill him, and if it doesn't the other work." Grandparents are like, "You could walk this whole time, you <laughs> asshole." Uh, so all those things happen, but. Sam's too busy having wacky college adventures where he goes to class where Dwight oh. from the office is the teacher. Yes. Uh, honestly, decently solid use of your Dwight Schrute. Um, I mean, well, it's, like, it's, it's the start of what they do in all the future Transformers movies is where they get a recognizable face. Yeah. And just put them in, like, in Dark of the Moon, you have John Malkovich and Ken Jong randomly in four you have stanley tucci oh, yeah. and uh kelsey Grammer <laughs> just cashing in their paychecks in last night you get anthony hopkins right and he's like there's so few characters that he gets second billing behind mark Wahlberg in that movie wow that's how few characters there are that anthony hopkins as like the guest star actor gets to be second huh side tangent yeah Rain Wilson's teaching a class on astrology or astronomy or one of those things. And just in the middle of class, Sam starts seeing the symbols again. And somehow, because he can see all these symbols, he reads the entire textbook and tells Rain Wilson, actually, everything you think is wrong because you haven't thought about the 15th dimension. And he climbs up on stage and starts writing on the chalkboard and those weird Transformer symbols. And boy, does he make a fool out of himself. Yeah, and he's just like... He's doing the Shia LaBeouf thing where he's just like, no, no, no. Like, he says a lot of things over and over again a little bit. Um, and so everyone in class looks at him like he's literally on drugs, which mm-hmm. sure. if I saw that happen in college, I'd be like, either he's on drugs or like, ah, this pledge is trying to rush a fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing we forgot to mention is that Sam does also go to a college party and oh, yeah. he bumps into this. later, doesn't it? No, because uh, he oh, meets yeah. the girl. So And he meets this very attractive blonde who's like really like, aggressively trying to hook up with him. And he's just yeah. like, but I have a girlfriend. And she ends up leaving with Sam at one point because Bumblebee crashes the party, yeah, literally. Bumblebee. Oh, yeah, Bumblebee crashes, and they get get there, and then Bumblebee doesn't trust her. No. So he starts, like, playing music that's thematically approved, like, she's a super freak mm-hmm. and other stuff like that, and then just sprays her with, like, car fluid. Yeah, and so... That happened. And so she's also present during this class where Sam has the freak out with Dwight Schrute. And uh, he's leaving. The girl follows him. And I think the roommate is with him at this time, too. No, the roommate's not here yet. Actually, another thing that happens in between those two scenes is that Optimus come. uh, Bumblebee has taken Sam because he takes him to meet Optimus. And Optimus is like, hey, we need your help. And Sam's like, no, you don't. Optimus is like, we need you more than you know. Which doesn't make any sense. He's a freshman in college. He's not, like, the president of the United States or anything. But uh, whatever. We have to make this runtime longer for some reason. So Sam is having his freak out. He runs to his dorm, and he just starts, like, drawing and painting on the walls. And... 
Oh. The girl and Leo show up, and they, well, like, open the door, and they're like, he's having his freak out. Right. And so... Leo, the oh my god there's another thing that yeah, I forgot the, let's just go back and do it just real quick okay so at the party this is also the same time when Sam's at the party and meets this uh, blonde is also the same time that he was supposed to be video chatting with Megan Fox and he just left her literally hanging like yeah. not answering the phones like or anything he should have at least like, texted her or something to say hey sorry I'm going to a party tonight I'm trying to make some friends but he just doesn't yeah and then I also think we should mention that the All Sparks sparks new life in another Decepticon. Yeah. Well, this is one of the ones from earlier. So okay. It's this, it's this tiny Decepticon named Wheelie who shows up at Megan Fox's place because Sam gave her the All Spark to uh, for safekeeping. Which, no. Yeah. Why would you do that? Uh, but he shows up and tries to steal the All Spark, but Megan Fox finds him. Like beats the shit out of him and throws him into a lockbox. Yeah, and she fucking lockbox. Like, yeah, flies like all the way across the country just to meet up with him. Which well, with a hostage, basically. Yeah. You know, this thing is making noise. It's not like that's also a weird thing about the movie is that there's so much noise that gets made like by these transformers around people and they don't notice. Like, how do you not hear clanking machinery? Okay, so, so anyways, all of after that stuff happens. Yeah, God, we just watched this and we can't remember <laughs> all of it. Um, so, uh, Sam's having this freak out. The blonde girl sees that Sam's having this freak out, recognizes these imageries or whatever, and pushes Leo out. And Leo's just like, oh, the roommate is like, oh, but no, uh, let me be in there. I'll just watch. You, okay. Okay. Um, comedy for comedy. And so the blonde woman starts like hooking up or pressuring Sam to hook up with her, him, her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now we see Megan Fox has arrived at the campus and is walking up to, um, <laughs> is walking up to Sam's door, opens up the door and sees the two making out, and then the blonde turns and sees Megan Fox and is like, "Oh, is that your girlfriend?" And Sam goes, "Yeah." And then Megan Fox is like, "Ex-girlfriend," and slams the door and walks out. And then Sam's like, "No, no, no, wait, don't do this." And the fucking blonde just goes crazy she turns into a goddamn decepticon turns out transformers can also be people too yeah or is it like literal sex robots like yeah. what, oh, what no. the fuck was going to happen there <laughs> and then she just like grabs him like around the neck with her like tongue yeah and the tongue it's like silver except for the end part where it's, it's like it's literal like, yeah it's it's weird but that happens and then Leo and Megan Fox just happen to be coming back to the room and they see that and they're like oh my god and at that point, she, like, is scared, I think, and then tries to jump out the window or, like, escape. And then, basically, Sam's like, all right, everyone, let's go, let's go. And the three of them, uh, like, run out of the room. They try to find Bumblebee, and they go to the library uh, and try to, like, hide. And that's where kind of Sam and Michaela have their moment where they're where she's like, what was that? And he's like, no, no, we just need a moment of silence. Shh, shh, you need to process everything. I said to Beth, she's a dick. He is a dick. He's yeah. so not likable in this at all. No. And that's also when they explain basically everything to Leo, where he's like, hey, everything you think is true, hooray, congrats for your blog. <laughs> Which they never address later on in future movies, that what does this guy do that he believes in conspiracy theories now that he has physical evidence of all of this? Well, doesn't... After 2, they have to say that Transformers are a thing, right? I don't think it's until after 3 that they do it. All right, who cares? Um... <laughs> Moral of the story is they're hiding out in the library. Bumblebee comes in and saves them and picks all of them up and drives them away. 
And so as they're driving away, another helicopter, a few things start attacking Bumblebee. Sam and company end up getting into another car, drive off as Bumblebee's fighting a Decepticon. That car that they're in gets picked up and dropped off to Megatron, who's like, hmm, we need to dissect uh, Sam and his brain. And so they have a whole scene of Sam getting like this. I don't even know how to describe this. The One of the Decepticons goes through the nose of him and goes out the mouth. Well, it's a weird thing, because we didn't bring this up during the Megatron revival scene. It's like a weird German scientist robot <laughs> that, like, puts on glasses. <laughs> like, why would you build a robot that needs glasses? But it yeah, climbs into, like, his, like, mouth and then, like, shoots, like, tentacles out of his nose and ears and is able to, like figure out the information on the AllSpark, which I don't really know what yeah, it does. Yeah, like, well, so much to break down. One, wouldn't Sam be dead if something's yes. coming out of your nose and your ears? Like, yeah, if you just touch the brain, that part is dead, right? Because well, also, like, I, I think thin things, like, you know, when there's, like, oh, weird yeah. things that, like, worms and, like, spiders, like, cry up, crawl into you, like, they can fit past, like, the eardrum and stuff. Right. But that was a thick metal tentacle, like, going through everything. Uh, and two... How does going through someone's mouth explain how he understands the offspark? <laughs> like, like plugged into his brain or something. But yeah, whatever. It's a shocker. <laughs> Transformers Two doesn't make a lot of sense. So basically, the German Decepticon guy tells Megatron, "Hey, the information is in his brain. We need to dissect the brain." And then Sam's like, oh, whoa, wait, what? Uh, no, let's try and, like, I, you know, I killed you. I'd be a little pissed about that, too, Megatron. Let's try and make something out. And the whole time this thing is happening, the roommate Leo and Megan Fox are literally just watching it happen. Not I mean, What could they do, though? I don't know. To try and do something. I assume you're going to die no matter what. Throw a fucking pole at him. Hey, don't worry, because Optimus Prime crashes through the roof and... <laughs> is able to fight with Megatron and all the other Decepticons to save Sam and the others. And do they, like, fight, like, all the way to the forest? <laughs> I think so. I don't really remember how we get to the forest, because they're in the city. Yeah. And... That's... Somehow, they're in this little warehouse where they're doing the operation, and they all escape and get kind of, like, into this more wooded forest area where Optimus is, like, defending him against a bunch of the other Decepticons. And he's doing a pretty good job. Optimus has his sword. He's, like, going for it and, like, stabbing and, like, this is him. This is a cool minute and a half yes. of where Optimus is just kicking ass. And the score is really cool, too. I was like, all right, I can dig this. But it literally lasts for a minute and 30 seconds, something like well, that. Well, it's super cool because you know who the protagonists and antagonists are. Yeah. You get to see the action from a cool place, and they're actually shooting it in, like, a really fun way. And then after all that cool stuff... Optimus Prime just looks at Sam and is like, Sam, and Megatron fucking stabs him <laughs> through the heart. And guys, Optimus Prime is dead. Yeah, and oh man, he's gone. The literal lights drain out of his eyes, and he just lays there limp. And then Sam, the last thing that Optimus said is, says is, run, Sam. And, you know, Sam just outruns the Decepticons after this. I guess, yeah. But this moment was so wasted. Yeah, they they have that happen, and it's so rushed, the death of Optimus Prime, because 
don't know if you've seen the 80s animated movie. Uh, seen clips, nothing. But, like, yeah. you know, spoilers for the 80s Transformers movies that Optimus Prime dies in that, and that's huge. Yeah. That's, that's the defining point for most of Transformers. And, like, then they just cover this, and, like, at a midpoint in the movie, and it's, like, it's all about Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good when you have your main character, like, your main guy that everyone's rooting for, Optimus Prime. Mm-hmm. Like, on paper, I'm like, yeah, he's going to die, and everyone will be sad. Yeah. And we'll bring him back at the end, which is like, all right, yeah, on paper. But then you're left with everyone else. And uh, what the hell is it? Mud blap and skim like these are the guys that fill in for optimus haven't even mentioned them we'll get to that when they actually matter yeah um so optimus is dead everyone's in mourning they have the body of optimus the army does Uh, no one's really knows what to do and as we mentioned earlier the fallen gets i don't know a sense in the universe that uh, prime is dead and he's able to walk he got he got the golden ticket. And so now the world is sort of just going to shit because the Decepticons have won the big fight and they're just attacking the world. Oh yeah, the yeah, the Decepticons like and then they this is also because Optimus Prime is dead, the fallen like now is alive and well. Right. And they like hack into like all telecommunications like throughout the entire world and the fallen gives them a message of like, you know, you're the time has come. Earth will be descended into chaos. We need to find this guy. <laughs> and they just show Sam's picture to every device in the world. Yeah. It's not just Sam's picture either. They flash his goddamn social security <laughs> card. And there's no reason to do that other than to just be a dick. Yep. Think about that. Sam's social is online forever now. Like, that guy's going to have so many identity problems. Yes. Well, especially if people assume this is, like, a prank, then they're going to be like, this kid orchestrated a worldwide prank on everyone? Fuck him. Uh, Do they think it's a prank? I feel like after this, they can't really, like... I think at the beginning of 3 or whatever, they're like, yeah, that weird global prank somebody pulled. Is that legit? I don't remember. It's been so long since I cared about the Transformers franchise. Yeah, uh, that's fair. That's all right. We'll get to Transformers 3 someday. Yeah, uh, so anyways, no reason to put Sam's social on there except for being a dick. Because it's not like, hey, can you tell me the number of blah, blah, blah? And someone's going to be like, oh, yeah, Sam Wickwicky. That guy guy lives on uh, Westchester in Monterey. Uh, I could take you. His mom's really nice. Makes good lasagna. It's a weird house that looks like from Monterey. (laughs) Doesn't look like much of a beach house. <laughs> so now they're on the run, and they don't really know what to do. And Sam's like, is there any way, anything that you know from your... He asks Leo, like, is there any connection that you know from, like, your conspiracy days that could help us? And he's like, well, there is somebody who can help us. Oh, boy. And Sam's like, okay, I guess we'll need, you know, that person's help if they can help us. And uh, Leo rolls up to this deli. Where he walks in and sees his mortal enemy, John Turturro from oh, Transformers man. One. If, if you guys don't remember, he's the Secret Service or the the uh, Sector Seven agent who takes his job way too seriously. Yeah, I mean, you can. I feel like he, that job should be taken pretty seriously. <laughs> he's just crazy, and then you know he's basically the antagonist for that movie. Yeah, and. Sam and Michaela show up and they're like, oh, this guy? And he's like, this, these guys. Yeah. And at some point they're like, look, we're all trying to defeat the robots together. 
Let's let's see what we can do. And so they're here with John Turturro to decipher these markings and everything. And so they're they go into the little back shop of this meat shop that they're yeah. working in or whatever. Sam shows him the items or the hieroglyphs. And Totoro just goes on a whole speech about how these guys have been here for decades, centuries, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been, they, Transformers have been around forever, at least 17,000 17, BC, and he shows, like, old, he says this footage is from 1931, it's all in color, <laughs> like, <laughs> it looks fairly modern, whatever. It's stuff, like, in Egypt, and, like, just around the world, different markings of the Transformers, and at some point... He says that there's there was rumor of oh no they try to figure that out and they don't really have like a clue to go on uh-huh. and then they pull out the prisoner that Michaela's been dragging around for the last hour of this movie that we haven't addressed. Okay, this fucking thing when they're like, who could we ask about these hieroglyphs? Like, uh, or hi- who could we ask about these symbols and everything? We don't know anyone. Hey, conspiracy roommate, who do you know? They don't think, let me ask the hostage robot I have to decipher this. No. Because he immediately deciphers everything. Yes. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is the blah, blah, blah. I know all this. And hardy, hardy, hardy. And I'm like, what the fuck? You just flew, I don't know. It looks like Philadelphia. Maybe. No, wait, where no, they, are they? No, they go to D.C. They go to they the go Air to DC. Space Museum. Yeah. Because the little robot is like, oh, yeah, the person who will help you out most is this old Transformer named uh, Jetfire. There's a whole sequence where how they break into it. You don't need to worry about that. Oh, okay. The moral of the story is that they get they find Jetfire and they figure out that he's an old Decepticon who's traded sides to be with the Autobots. Which again, if you go to the animated show, is a really cool arc mm-hmm. of a story where you get to see Jetfire go from being a bad guy to a good guy. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Jetfire is this is an old man and he farts fire and 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 parachutes. And basically, Sam writes the symbols into the dirt, and Jetfire's like, oh, I know what we can do. Follow me. And he just keeps yelling things. And all of a sudden, they just teleport to to Egypt. Egypt. Which is also a weird thing, because they teleport, and those two Transformers that we barely mentioned earlier, Mudflap and Skid, I think are their names, they weren't there when when the teleportation happened, but somehow they're teleported too, which I'm pretty sure means it was either a reshoot scene or they just did not give a shit about It's probably a logic. little of both. <laughs> so yeah, the jet feels like, yes, the the symbol you're looking for and goes into the whole backstory about uh, the Fallen and how they tried to use the Matrix, this, oh, this device called the Matrix, <sighs> and how they were going to use it to destroy humanity because the people... Uh, God, I don't even know what the okay. fuck their plan was. So the Fallen was part of a group of robots who created a device that was going to create energy by harvesting, like, the the stars closest to the planets, which obviously is the sun, so they would take the life force out of the sun and use it to power themselves. Uh, the other robots decided that the Fallen was crazy, shouldn't do something like that, so they took out the thing called the Matrix of Leadership, which powers the machine, yeah. and they sealed it away, and they sealed themselves inside of a tomb with the, with yeah. the Matrix of Leadership, which is like a weird, like twisty, turny thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and that's uh, that's what they have to find now in Egypt. Jet Fuel just knows that it's around here, and he's like, "Go find it." Yeah. And he just <laughs> sits down. 
But it's also one of those things where he yells at them to be like, we have to hurry, we have to keep moving. And he yells so many things like, go, run. Because just like the score is like building. But then, because when you get down to it, it's them just wandering in the desert for hours, <laughs> which is not exciting at all. But because it's an action movie, he needs to, you know, propel them forward. Right. And they, they end up finding the ruins. Well... Another thing that I forgot, after they teleport, Sam's like holds his hand, he's like, ah, my hand and everything. Mm-hmm. And they bandage it, bandage it up, and for the rest of the movie, Shia LaBeouf is running around with like, I don't know, like some shit on yeah. his arm. Um, Shia LaBeouf actually hurt his arm filming this, and they were too lazy to like, I mean, not even lazy, his hand's fucking hurt, but yeah, that's why he's running around in like a low-key cast the rest of the movie. But that just speaks to like, you know how the production team wanted, they just wanted to crank out this movie because for, you know, for Daniel Craig in, in 007 and for Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, they were like, okay, we're going to shut down production. Our lead actor's hurt. We can't do anything else. But instead, they're just like, all right, wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> there are other times where, like, on TV shows that'll happen, but uh-huh. that makes sense because there's a schedule you do have to finish. And, like, right. It, you can do less action there. But in your action movie... We were making Shia LaBeouf flip over cars, <laughs> smack into things, and like all that. Just take a couple weeks off. Let him. Let him heal. Put him in like a you know, in a brace or something. Yeah. Just side tangent again. I, I, I'm just upset at this movie. Yeah. So they find the ruins, but that they can't find anything in there. They just kind of look at the walls and they're like, "Oh no, is this just a story that they told us? How could they?" And for some reason, Mudflap and Skid start fighting, and through their you know fighting with each other, they crash into the wall, and they realize that the robots are actually behind the wall. Which, like, they mentioned that some other people may have already found this. No one thought to check behind the goddamn wall. It's, it's giant, hollow. It's a giant tomb. <laughs> yeah. It's a giant thing that why not you see a, more space behind it, why wouldn't there be yeah. more behind the wall? And it's this huge giant tomb that you could find on Google Maps. I don't know if Google Maps was a thing. I'm also, pretty sure it was at that yeah, point. But. And also, no archaeologist who went to Egypt <laughs> ever just took a hammer yeah. to it. Like, I get, like, preserving something, but there are shitty people out there that want to see what else is there. Yeah. I'm sure somebody would have tried to destroy it. Mudflap and Skid are the ones that do it. <sighs> yes. And Sam crawls into the space and sees that all the bodies of, like, the, you know, the first Transformers are all frozen in time, and he sees the Matrix of Leadership. He goes for it, and he tries to grab it Indiana Jones style, and it just disintegrates into particles in his hand. And everyone's like, what? and just like the guy is like, what the fuck? <laughs> is this the thing that we've been searching for this whole movie, and it's going to go to dust? Whatever. And so Sam's just like, no, I did not travel all this way to have everything just disappear on me. And he just starts like furiously putting in the sand in a bag and he's like we're gonna figure it out and Megan Fox is just like all right my boyfriend has officially lost it and so now they have the matrix of leadership dust with them and they're being chased by the cops of Egypt because there was a hit on Sam that they saw him in Egypt and now a ton of people are trying to get him. They're hiding from him. There was a riddle that uh, Jetfire gave them and they figured out at some point that the riddle actually leads to the certain part of Egypt and it leads to the pyramids of Giza, Mm. which that's where they hid the gigantic (laughs) sun-destroying weapon is inside one of the biggest monuments to humanity. Yep. Uh, so they go there 
and just by coincidence, all of uh, oh no, they, they, but they call they, they call yeah they fine. they literally call them. John like, Turturro literally just calls them <laughs> and is like, "Hey, Nest and all of the Autobots, come to the pyramids." And then all the Decepticons are like, "Hey, we should go to the pyramids." So everybody meets up at the pyramids. And literally, everyone shows up and they just start having a fight. Uh, they bring Optimus's dead corpse with yep. them, and uh, the lobbyist dudes there. And I don't want to get into no, it because the, there's thing. no fucking point. Well, they bring the corpse because Sam thinks that if he, you know, uses the Matrix right. on Optimus, it can bring him back to life. Should we even bother trying to track this fight, or should we just hit the main points? Um, let's just hit the main points. So they're fighting for a long time. Sam and Kayla are hiding. Megatron tries to kill them. As they see Optimus's body and they start running towards it, Sam gets, like, hit with, like, a missile. And, okay, <laughs> he dies and goes to robot heaven. Yes. And s- I'm sure there's a real reason why this happened. But for all intents and purposes, Sam Woodwicky went to robot heaven. And... As he's in Robot Heaven, Michaela, Megan Fox, runs up to him and is like, no, you can't die on me, Sam, you can't. And literally all the soldiers who are fighting and, like, trying to destroy Decepticons stop what they're doing and try and save him. Like, the medics are running around trying to make sure. And I'm like, dude, there are so many people dying. And, like, I'm glad you're focusing on this kid. But, like... There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's, there's a lot happening here. And also, Sam's parents are here. Oh, yeah, they kidnapped his parents <laughs> for whatever reason. And, yeah. The, so the dad has now completely flipped on being cool with his son going to college. And he's just like, my boy, they did this to my boy. No, my boy. And there's another point where the dad's like, you got to come back, okay? And the mom's the one who's like, come on, husband. Like, this will be fine. So Wallen, robot, <laughs> the robots talk to him and say, you know, we trust you. We always knew it was you. You will be able to help reform the Matrix of Leadership, something to that effect. And sure enough, Sam wakes up. Matrix of Leadership is, like, reformed, and he puts it inside of Optimus Prime, and he's alive! Just as a thing, we discovered that you could bring Megatron back to life by sticking the AllSpark in his chest and powering him. Why didn't we just do that with Optimus Prime. Oh, man. Why were we sad if you could just bring Transformers back to life? Uh, yeah, why the fuck did we have this whole subplot? Also, should we mention Totoro's whole thing? Yeah, so there's another Transformer that's arguably pretty cool. Yeah, what's it called? Uh, Devastator. Devastator, yeah. And he's built out of, like, ten plus, like, like, Decepticons, and he is a giant vacuum. And he, like, is, like, basically the entire size of the pyramid. He climbs up and just starts ripping, like, sucking, like, the pieces of the pyramid off of it so it can reveal the weapon underneath. And John Turturro... Decides it's his job to run and give the army coordinates and everything for them to shoot a fucking laser anti-transformer thing that they have. coordinates? If it's a giant robot climbing the pyramid... Oh, God. And uh, do you want to give the immortal line that John Turturro no, gives? No, you see it. You see it. Uh, John Turturro figures out where he is. He's right behind uh, Devastator, and he's underneath Devastator, so right. he's looking up at him. And it turns out Transformers have similar anatomies to humans <laughs> because he sees these two wrecking balls dropping from 
between Devastator's legs, and he says to someone on military walkie, I'm down behind enemy scrotum. <laughs> uh, I'm behind the enemy's... No, it's like, I'm behind the enemy's scrotum. And it's just like, what? Uh, the writers were on strike. So, <laughs> anyway, the Fallen shows up. He starts to try and activate oh, the right, machine. The fucking Fallen shows up. Yeah, because it's Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah. Who fucking cares? Jetfire tries to fight the Fallen. He ends up losing, but he gives Optimus Prime, like, his weapons and stuff, which turns Optimus Prime super fucking cool. Yeah. And he just, and Optimus just starts wailing on the Fallen, just fully fights him and takes him out. Yeah, it's like, he looks badass. Like, if I was a kid into Transformers, I would have gotten that toy at Target or Walmart or, I don't know, fucking... McDonald's if they had a Happy Meal tie-in. He looks cool, and he just wrecks them so fast. How is this a climax yet doesn't feel like a climax? Because <laughs> everything just happens so fast. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay, that happened, that happened. Because on paper, I'm sure it looks like this stuff builds, like, on top of each other. But just so much just happens. Yeah. Like, it's not anything that feels like it's dramatic stakes or anything. It just happens. Right. And it's uh... So... He kills the Fallen. Yep. He destroys the machine. He almost kills Megatron, but Megatron is able to escape with Starscream. Yep, they just run off literally into the desert, and we'll come back on three with that. Um, and the day is saved. They One quick thing uh-huh. is to explain in future movies why Optimus Prime can't just kill everyone. You see him drop <laughs> all of Jetfire's parts off of him, just completely, like, take off all of the extra armor and weapons he had, and I'm like, Jetfire died for your sins, okay? You, the most you could do is just have wings on your back just when it's inconvenient. Yeah. Oh, this climax. Yeah. So they defeat the Fallen. Everything's good, hunky-dory. And Sam and company is just sort of like, yeah, we did it. That's great. And we literally just abruptly end this movie yeah. on, like, a military ship or something. Right? Or is it I think like- so, because I think they're all just kind of standing there looking out to the horizon while Optimus does one of his, like, Hope for Humanity speeches, where, at least with the first movie, it was, like, an actual, like, cool thing where it's like, and if there are any Transformers out there, we're waiting for you. And it's like, oh, cool, we're going to see more Transformers. And this one is like, humanity was once again saved. <laughs> and I don't need a lesson from him as a new Linkin Park song plays in the background. Yeah. And that's Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen. I mean, there's some, like, you know, cutesy scenes. Throughout the credits, but like, oh, shit. I didn't even stay for that. Don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, this is a mess. I mean, we had such a hard time remembering all this, and there's like other things we didn't talk about, like when the speaking of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Oompa Loompa guy, the little what? the Oompa Loompa guy in the remake of the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory shows up. He's the oh, midget. Yeah, he's the. Oh, oh sorry, st- not midget. Um, little person. Little Just, person. Yeah. Sorry, it's, that was offensive. It's all right. Don't don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. He yeah. Oh, well, that's not your fault, because they put him in the movie to make a joke out of him being tiny. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, the thing is, like, I, I think a lot of my hatred for this movie comes because it came after the first one where I had a really good time watching it. Uh-huh. Whereas I think four might be worse, but I was already in such a mood that I was like, this is just an embarrassment. Like, this movie is just embarrassing that by the time I got around to it, I didn't care. Whereas two, two hurts me. Two confuses me. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's very bad, and I honestly in my power rankings, I it might be in 
fourth place above four and five just based on quality, but it is really bad. Do you think this movie is better than four and five? It just depends because four feels like there was no effort put into it at all. Uh huh. This one feels like there was effort put into it, potentially for a worse result. But four is really bad, and five is just unspeakable. Hmm. We'll have to. We'll enter those movies, I'm sure, at one point. Someday. I mean, four, I just know they have the Romeo and Juliet law, oh where God. it's just like they went out of their way to show you how this was okay about this 20 something year old hooking it's, up with a 17 year old. Yeah. Or, no, is I don't yeah, even the, remember. The, 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 the girl's boyfriend in four is 20, and he is, and she is like 16 or 17. And the way they get away with it is because he was a minor when they started dating. And then because he got older while she was still a minor, it's still legal. Which is like, why did you add that? I don't even what? know if that's the true law, but that's basically... Like, they take a long time to explain it. Well, Longer than the death of Optimus yeah. Prime in this movie. <laughs> well, the guy brings out his handy-dandy, like, law notebook to show Mark Wahlberg. Hey, It's like, not his law notebook. It's just a card explaining the <laughs> Juliet law. In case anybody walks up to him and is like, Hey, is this a weird statutory situation? He's like, don't worry about it. I got this covered. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. We'll get we'll get to that in probably two years. <laughs> uh, all right. So back on topic. Um, this movie sucked. Yeah. I think by default, and I I hate using hyperboles and everything, but I think just by a film structure with everything, because when I was watching it, I knew this movie would be bad, and I was giving certain passes. Mm-hmm. I, I I think this might be. The worst movie we've ever watched, just structural. I, I think far for everything. Away, really, this is the worst movie we've watched so far. You could argue for Jaws: The Revenge just based on like story stuff, but there was a lot more entertainment value in that. Yeah, I. I mean, I wouldn't even put Jaws: The Revenge in my top five. I think I would more put like uh, Shark Tale probably there. Uh, really don't like Shark Tale. I, uh, do you, I, don't, I don't hate Shark Tale that much. You, you gotta rewatch Shark Tale. <laughs> Christy, so I guess it's been a while for me. Uh, I would say this is worse than Solo, but that's just because Solo is more of a character yeah. thing I have a problem with where, you know, I can tell you the plot of Solo still. I could not describe... Could you imagine making a logline for Transformers 2? Okay, hold on. No. <laughs> I try. I thought about it for a second. I was like, okay, which character do we go with? Do we go with the the general Autobots? Do we go with Sam going somewhere? And there's no there's no main character. And we didn't even really talk about the whole army subplot. Because there's no need. Like, the lobbyist, oh, yeah, the whatever, guy Secretary to, like, of Defense. He was trying to take down Nest and, like, the Autobots, whatever. Like, because we don't even talk about most of the Autobots. Like, Bumblebee really has nothing to do. Right. It's just Optimus Prime and the humans. And I'll tell you what I don't go to a Transformers movie for is... Yeah, it's like any Godzilla movie. It's just like, we're there for Godzilla. Stop fucking focusing on the other humans. But uh, Better or worse than Amazing Spider-Man 2? Oh, worse. Way worse. The thing is, if if people remember, I'm a somewhat defender of the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Or as much of it is as a train wreck, I think the idea of it being this weird, silly, serious hybrid was kind of fun for me. Mm -hmm. It's not good. At this point, I will say that it's not good. Okay. But I did enjoy myself watching it. <laughs> emoji movie. Uh, oh, fuck. I, I literally just pushed the emoji movie out of my brain. <laughs> Honestly, I think because this one is both bad and offensive, I'm going to put Revenge of the Fallen below the emoji movie. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Also, it's super offensive. Yes. Like, that's the... It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Like, emoji movies just poorly constructed. Mm-hmm. Well, And while this movie also is very poorly constructed, at yeah. least I wasn't 
actively watching Emoji Movie being like, oh, Candy Crush, that killed my mother. How dare you? Because there's some stuff that, like, for movies we watch where they say some outdated things and, like, things that are, like, oh, at a time, like, white people thought this was okay. Like, you know, when people have said the R word or some other, like, things where there's some racial stereotypes. But this movie goes out of its way because we never even brought up the fact that Mudflap and Skid Mm -hmm. are the two most offensive racial stereotypes I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Why are they there? <laughs> they do nothing except make really, like, you know, outdated yeah. jokes. and They're there so that, that at, at some point they could break the wall and get to the Matrix of Leadership. That's what they're there for, but anybody could have done that. Yeah, they're, they're, have Sam and Rage punch through, <laughs> and that's why Shia LaBeouf's hands all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they're there, and I mean, ugh, the, honestly, how I feel like probably the treatment of Megan Fox on this movie just... Yeah. Seems, like, it's so gratuitous and bad. And, and the girl that's, like, playing the uh, Decepticon that's trying to seduce Sam. Uh-huh. It's very also just on the nose with, like, hot lady, no clothes, here you go. Yeah. It's not good. So that's why I think it's the worst, because of it being bad and offensive. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we get into surgery? Talk yes. about how to fix this, uh, tune up this boy, make it more than meets the eye? Boom. <laughs> I... Sorry, we just went. We just blasted through that sub. We that's the, probably the longest summary we've done, probably besides Game of Thrones. Uh, I don't know. We were pretty good on that summary, to be honest. That was like forty-five minutes of summary, and uh, that was even skipping over the entire final battle. I, I think you underestimate how much we summarize some of these movies. Uh, so where to begin? Obviously, I'm gonna say cut out the offensive stuff and don't objectify Megan Fox. Yeah, that's a very easy thing to do. Just just don't do that. Well, yeah, even just on an editing, like, you're an editor going through. Why are we dealing with the military so much? There's no need. The whole um, Oompa Loompa scene, you could really cut. Because he's just going through... They're just going yeah, through, he's like, going through security. But, or uh, uh, immigration or whatever. Right, but you could just have... Sam driving and he's just looking around and a camera hits yeah. and it's like okay we got we don't need to spend the two or three minutes doing the whole crossed a border somewhere like yeah and the, the joke is that the guy's small and that he's really into New York yeah it's I think it's without any documentation they got in yeah so yeah cut cut that crap out honestly I think you could make this movie a solid ninety to hundred minutes by cutting out the fat but even elongating the emotional moments like Optimus Prime dying right and. Maybe if you want to keep Sam and Michaela's relationship, you could flesh that out, like, a little bit more. But you could cut out so much stuff. Yeah. There's, there's so much. This, how long was this? Two, two, two hours? hours? Yeah. And it's not, even the sh- it's not even the longest one. I'm pretty sure Age of Extinction is the longest, and it's, like, two hours and 45 minutes. <sighs> and it feels it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Bumblebee is, like, two, exactly two hours, and it's the shortest by far and best by far. Good for them. Yep. Sam's parents... I'm assuming we're chopping that, too. Okay. Yep, I agree. I, I think you can have them, like, you know, taking him to college and showing them be emotional, and I think that's it. Yeah. You don't need any weird jokes with them. Just let them be... Like, the only joke you need is that she's crying over his baby booties, and that's yep. kind of funny, and that's yep. it. That, that's fine. I, I would have been like, fine, you use them well. Keep his conspiracy theory roommate... <sighs> No, I mean, what does he add? Nothing. He literally... He, he, he takes them to John Turturro, but you don't actually need John Turturro because you just need to go from Michaela having the robot, like the robot prisoner, and then having the robot prisoner look at uh, Sam's mental flashes. And I think 
we can get John Turturro in this in other ways. Oh, yeah. Because if we're... If we want John Turturro in this, maybe he's bringing box office and we just got to bring him in somehow. And I guess this will be the first part of surgery we get into. He's gotten fired from his job and maybe he just literally has it out for Sam. Like he's just following him. Yeah, he's following him. He's obsessed and he's trying to make Sam just have a shitty life, you know. And so at one point when maybe the Megatron and everything um takes Sam and is trying to, like, dissect him and stuff. John Turturro, like, sort of, not saves the day, but, like, gets Sam out of there, and he's still, like, now Sam's social card, and everything pops up, and John Turturro's like, I'm gonna turn you in, and maybe this is the point where he finds him, is John Turturro tracks him down, and is like, I'm turning you in, wait, Wiki, uh, you're gonna have to talk to the feds, and then Sam's more like, no, like, Listen, this is what hap- is happening, and there's some proof that this is happening, so Deturo can't be like, oh, that's, I don't believe you. And then Sam is more like, wait, let's think about this. If you help me save the world, how could the government not give you a job plus a promotion? Mm-hmm. And now Deturo's like, Dan, this kid's rat. I need to save this, the sea of the world. And now we have John Deturo doing John Deturo things. Or what if, instead of it being Rain Wilson, what if John Deturo is one of his teachers at college? Oh. Like, I feel like the government does a very good job of keeping people who they fire happy so that they don't release government secrets or any of that stuff. Right. So what if instead he got a very nice pension plan, but he's not allowed to do anything government-related, so they get him a job at an Ivy League school. And then he's a teacher, and instead, you know, he's supposed to be, he, like, wants to teach all these conspiracy theory things, but he's like, all right, here's Astrology 101. You know, Capricorn's in the sky, and he sees Sam. Or no, he doesn't see Sam, and then when Sam kind of goes crazy and starts writing on the board, he's like, Wait, Wiki, you're in my class? And that's, like, when he finds him and starts being like, wait, those symbols, those lead somewhere, and then it's a more... It feels at least somewhat more organic for him to jo- to inject himself into the story. Okay, I, I like that a lot. I think as the class is getting together, mm-hmm. uh, someone walks up to Sam, and Sam looks up from his seat, and it's John Turturro, and then Wiki, Sam. I, I don't know why I'm calling him by his last name now. Sam's just like, ha-ha, uh... Are you trying to get your degree now because you got fired? And then Totoro's like, oh, dude, yes, you wait. And he goes up to the front and is like, all right, Astra, uh, Astros 101, whatever. And then Witwicky is just, goddamn, Sam is just like, oh, crap, this is going to suck. Yeah. And then um, when Sam's having the freak out, um, he sees everything, goes up to Totoro's board and starts redoing it all. And then Totoro gets offended, like, no, that's not right. Like, this is why you're wrong. And they just, like, sort of go back and forth about it. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that gets John Totoro sucked in to the, everything, this is, like, the blonde woman is hooking up with Sam, and Totoro goes to Sam's room to prove him wrong. Like, hey, this is why your whole thing you talked about in class was wrong, and I have the evidence. And then that's the Decepticon woman yeah. starts freaking out, and then Totoro's like, oh, shit. And that brings him into the, into the movie, and then he can actually use his conspiracy theory stuff to, instead of doing this, like, A, B, C, D, just go straight to Jetfire. Right. He's like... No, that symbol looks familiar. It was on this, you know, thing in the Air and Space Museum. Yeah. Save a ton of time there. Mm-hmm. Don't have... And yeah. you also don't need the mini Decepticon. Yeah. And you could just, you know, make a fox and still just show up because she still has the AllSpark or something. We could figure out another yeah. reason before. Also, we forgot to mention that mini Decepticon humps Megan Ho- Fox's leg at one point. Which is just, so, like, another tone thing. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't like to reference other people's jokes and... In our stuff, but when uh, I believe it was the nostalgia critic that did the review for *Revenge of the Fallen*, uh-huh. or somebody did it, they just did a slow motion like video, a visual of that of that happening, and they just looked forward. It was just like 
someone got paid $30,000 and spent weeks animating a tiny robot humping Megan Fox's leg. That, mo- that money could have gone to charity. That money could have fed children in Africa. But no, instead, we got a tiny robot humping Megan Fox's leg. I think it was someone else on Channel Asa, but okay. we don't have to plug other people's stuff. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was... Uh, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. That's such a waste of time and money and not funny. Uh, so anyway, yeah, let's cut that robot out and yes. all the leg humping. Um, also, yeah, you don't need that many. You don't need Leo. You don't need the leg humping robot. You just need Sam, Michaela, and John Turturro. Yeah. And, you know, shenanigans happen. So, yeah. like, you know, that's a set of people. Bumblebee's more involved. Like, oh, why don't we just make a Bumblebee fucking mud slap and skip? Yeah. Oh, yeah. we should be the one with them. Yeah. That's it. I don't, yeah. I don't know why they didn't do that. It's, uh, yeah, I, the thing is, there's too many things that are trying to happen all at once. Mm. Like, what do you want the main plot of this movie to be? Because uh, there is no main plot. Um, I guess if we're going to go with a baseline, it's Sam's plot. Because, like, what if it really is Sam is trying to get away from the Transformers life and live just a normal life with his, with, you know, his girlfriend and, you know, be a person at college. And so when he sends Bumblebee away, uh, it's a really heartbreaking thing. Mm-hmm. And then when Bumblebee shows up on campus to, like, pick him up, Sam's like, no, I can't, I can't do this with you. And, like, it's actually like an emotional scene yeah. between man and car. And later on, instead of whatever Transformers... Bumblebee shows up reluctantly and is like the one driving is like, all right, I'll be here. But, or, you know, he doesn't say this, but like he kicks Shia LaBeouf out of the driver's seat and like makes him like either day, go in the trunk or like in the back seat. Okay, I like that. Like, you know, you could have a, a, a solid plot of like Sam trying to reject everything from his past. Mm-hmm. And if you want to like, you know, just boil it down is Sam can't, you know, forget who he was to grow into who he wants to be. And there's just like, you know, a few scenes of him trying to... Uh, Tell Bumblebee, hey, once this is over, you're going to go with the Autobots, right? You're going to, like, you know, be be with them and save the world and stuff. And Bumblebee's like, no, I want, you know, in his nonverbal way, I want to stay with him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like that. Just as as some some emotional through line besides Sam not saying I love you to Michaela. Yeah. I, uh, that whole love thing, quite, quite annoying. Yes. I agree with that. Do you think we should keep Megatron dead and the yes. Fallen is just their main bad? Absolutely. Cool. I think I think it'd even be better if Megatron does not come back, and it's Starscream who's trying to prove himself to the Fallen. Okay. Where he's like, "Don't you see, Master? I I never served him. I was always serving you. Look at I've just I've you know sent our disciples across the planet to try and spread your message. Yeah. Yeah. Just come Meg- honestly come Megatron out of it, and then you could even have like a post-credit scene or a final scene where Starscream is the one who goes to the bottom of the sea and brings Megatron back to life. Yeah. And then you've got the setup for the exact same movie in the third one. Yep. Minus, like, him. Yeah. Yeah, we have the same thing. Yeah. And then we can flesh out the Fallen a bit more. And the Fallen, or now the guy, is the guy that kills Prime. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more, like, at stake there because the Fallen's like, this could be my last battle. This is the last guy that could kill me. Like, there's so much riding on this. And then he, we, the audience feel a new low because we know this guy that just killed Optimus is the top dog. Yeah. He's not going to die and he's going to try and rule the world or whatever. It also make it a better fight than just Megatron sneaking up behind him and stabbing yeah, him. Yeah, like exactly. A real fight. And the Fallen, have, he has like a 
sort of stick thing that he fights with. Like, that's cool. Another thing. Should the Transformers have been on Earth since 17,000 BC? No. I don't think it should be. I think these transform The Fallen should be like a refugees mm-hmm. or who are just coming and they're like, Optimus, this is our race. Why are you, why are you killing us? Like, yes, we may have political differences, but like, this is the fate of our whole race. We need to, like, I'm sorry you are friends with these people, but what's going to, what do you value more? Like your race or these people? Wow, what an interesting question that gets into the real world politics of everything. Wouldn't it be great if a movie would be willing to do something like that? (laughs) Well, also then, like, the U.S. government has a point where they're like, we don't want these guys here. And you, and Optimus is like, well, I didn't want this to happen. And they would be like, you literally broadcast our coordinates Mm -hmm. to space in the last one. You wanted these people to come by. And then it's sort of like, ah, I just did not think about that. And then they're like, oh, you know. Uh, no, I think I, it's, a, it's a really cool thing to get through because it actually gives the follower a really good point that, like, and they could even, they could just bring the sun-destroying weapon with them. Yeah. Like, he's like, wait, these are the people that killed Megatron and, you know, stopped our chance and destroyed the Allspark, destroyed any chance of our race existing, you know, beyond what it is. But we have to kill them. Yeah. And, I mean, if I'm Optimus, yeah, I'm like, oh, damn, what's so much more? Oh, and what if the Fallen is Optimus's dad? <laughs> what? How do, how do Transformers procreate? I don't know, through all sparks, I guess? <laughs> Listen, so when, a, when a mommy Transformer and a daddy Transformer have all sparks between them, <laughs> uh, or did a daddy Transformer and a daddy Transformer decide to adopt from... <laughs> A surrogate mommy transformer. <laughs> the auto shop. <laughs> I want to know the, the the theology and the politics and all the stuff behind all the transformers that have nothing to do with war. Is like renting a car like prostitution? Oh or? my god! <laughs> Listen, you can't just get inside someone for a certain amount of money. Uh, we like to have fun here. Yeah. So I like that. I actually really do like that. Yeah, eliminating Megatron and making the fallen like someone who's actually you know you you want to root for. I, I just find there's a little bit of an issue. Then it'd be like, so what's the moral at the end of the day? Refugees are here to kill us. Maybe you know it's, you know how like in Black Panther, the main uh, Jordan, oh shit, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan's character, you watch it and you're like, yeah, that guy's right. But then Michael B. Jordan's whole plan is like, but we must murder. Here are a few got good ideas. But the rest of my ideas are killing everyone. Yeah. So maybe the Fallen have good points, but then the main guy just takes it too yeah. far. He's like, no, everyone needs to die. We need to have total global domination. And some people are like, oh, I mean, do we need that? Like, we can, we survive underwater. Let's yeah. just go to Atlantis. <laughs> and then that's, that's the safe haven. The fucking Transformers Atlantis. made Atlantis. <laughs> I think that's good. I actually think it could be a good idea to do something like that and then... Optimus is like, you know, you and I are different. I, you know, I was also a refugee from another place, and they accepted me for who I am. And you know, just be just because you know we can't assimilate doesn't mean that we can't get along. And then there's a lesson for everybody by the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, because uh, like, cause yeah, Optimus needs a story. Yeah. So like, why can't his story be tied to the Fallen, making some really good points? In the third one, do they do something similar to this? I can't remember. No, I, the, the third one is with Sentinel Prime, where he comes to life and he he's trying to provide life to... It's basically he's trying to take the life away from Earth and give it back to Cybertron. Oh, so I think okay. that's where they teleport Cybertron close to the Earth. Oh, I think. okay. That might be number four, but I'm, 
I'm pretty sure that's number three. Okay. Where Cybertron's close to Earth, and they're going to use all the power from Earth to bring, you know, everybody back to life. So I think it is one of those things where it's like, hey, it's us versus them, and there's he doesn't have bad points, he just has different points, but it involves genocide. Right. <laughs> and also, uh, it's voiced by uh, Leonard Nimoy, yeah. and he says, uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, and that's the famous Spock line, and I'm really mad about it. Mm, I do but that's vaguely remember. number three. Yeah. So, going back, do you have anything else you want to talk about with the refugees or anything? No, because I think that's a good thought, just trying to recap, is get Sam's story more in line with Bumblebee and him being called to be the chosen one, but also wanting to go back to the past. Uh, Optimus fights the Fallen, no Megatron in the middle. The fight between them is because the Fallen wants to keep his people alive instead of hunt down the evil Decepticons and bring John Turturro in a little bit you know, earlier just so it makes more sense and cut all, all the side characters. Right. Uh, is there anything you want to do with Michaela? Well, if we're talking about the movie that we got, she needs to, like, really give Sam the cold shoulder this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, she can't just be like, Haha, all right, you cheated on me. It didn't matter that it was a robot. And then, you know, Sam would be like, well, I don't know. Cool. What if he gave her the AllSpark for safekeeping like he did in the first place? Uh-huh. But then during that moment where he doesn't say I love you to her, and she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what if she breaks up with him then and actually okay. does it? And then she, uh, like... Forgets that she has the AllSpark? Yeah, she forgets that she had, because she, you know, probably walk away in a huff with the AllSpark, because then Sam has to go away to college. Right. Uh, and then at some point, he, like, that's when he discovers either the Bumblebee's there, or he hears from Optimus that, uh that there's something happening and while he's seeing the symbols and he calls Michaela and she's like, all right, you have 30 seconds. And that's when she like shows up and she's like, no, 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 I'm going to hold on to the all spark. And like, she, she has to actually like, you know, convince Sam that he's being <laughs> an asshole. Well, what if, um, Sam calls her, she doesn't pick up, then she calls him back and it's the, another girl who answers oh, yeah, and it's, it's like, Oh uh, no, Sam's pretty busy right now. He's hard at work or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then Michaela's, like, more pissed off. It puts them more at a distance for a bit so they can come back together together throughout the movie. Um, but, yeah, she should definitely just be, like... Actually, I feel like she would just give him the AllSpark and try and leave at that point. Yeah. And then she gets sucked in with John Turturro and okay, is well, running she, around with him. Yeah, she, she should show up at the same time as John Turturro at, like, you know, he walks in with all his papers, like... I proved you wrong. She walks in and is like, just take it and go. And then that's when they see the Decepticon lady. Yeah. And then they get t- tossed into it. And then I also think, adding on to our John Turturro and to Megan Fox, the Decepticons don't just go after Sam. They also go after John Turturro and Megan Fox. So now Megan Fox has to be with these guys yeah. or she'll be thrown in, like, I don't know, jail. It also might be fun that if Megan Fox and, uh, and Bumblebee, like, kind of team up and they're like, Sam's being an asshole. Let's, like, you know, she gets to be in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they get to actually, like, bond. And, like, at a certain point, like, maybe Bumblebee saves her life and, like, does stuff like that. Okay. Because I, I feel like that'd be a cool way to have the two of them bond and have character moments and then at the end he you know is able to apologize to both of them i if they're both standing over his like dead body after he went to robot heaven uh-huh. and he just sees both of them and he just looks at both of them and says i love you but looking at both of them at the same time <laughs> his eyes are crossed going either way <laughs> and then bumblebee and megan fox fight over who he was talking about <laughs> no he just looks at them and he's like i love you and then his megan fox is like really and he's like yeah both of you bring them <laughs> in for a hug and then you know, Bumblebee's the one who not defeats the Fallen, but is able to, like, you know, 
save him and take him to the Optimus Prime with the Matrix of Leadership. Yeah, I like that. Do the Fallen still kill Optimus? I still think the Fallen should kill Optimus at okay. like a certain point, but it I, should be like a, like a surprise, you know, where... I guess in this version that we got and the version we were talking about, mm-hmm. does he still die at like, some point? You mean permanently or like... Uh, I mean like a Black Panther death where we're like, he's dead, and then like he's dead, but we can still oh, yeah, revive no, I, him. I think that, yeah, kill Optimus Prime, be able to bring him back. Okay. Say, basically at the same midpoint, but really try to make it a surprise. Okay. Now back to the movie that we actually got. Yeah. Uh, does Bumblebee kill the Fallen instead? Uh, so the movie that we got, if there's no Optimus Prime, or, Say Optimus even, or even if Optimus comes back. Yeah. Uh, no, I still think it should be Optimus because... Okay. Optimus, because if we're going with the story, with, you know, the storyline between only Prime can kill me. Right. I think it should be Optimus, and I think it should be, you know, combining now the two movies that we have, combining with Jetfire to be like, okay, I couldn't defeat you alone, but together, yeah. you know, and then we can do it. I think um, to raise the stakes more, too, the Fallen should get more power from turning on the device or whatever, so it's like, super yeah. Fallen, <laughs> I have risen... <laughs> I am the risen. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, it could be a thing like he brings the device and he actually, like, has to wear it. Yeah. So, like, instead of, like, doing two things, when Optimus beats the Fallen, he beats him and destroys the machine that's attached to him. Yeah, there we go. A plus. Nice. If we're going to have to deal with the army subplot and the evil lobbyist defense secretary, whatever, um, I think he should be a Decepticon. Oh, like he's dressed, like, similar to the... Yeah, like the woman. Because I think if he, yeah, that could be fun. Because if he does do that, then that's a really cool like twist where you just think, oh, he's an annoying guy, but he's actually been yeah. trying to kill them this whole time. <laughs> if if we're stuck with the military subplot, yeah, yes, I'm okay with it. Uh, two things, real quick. Did they accidentally like sort of kill that guy in the movie? Because he's never coming back up. Because <laughs> he, Josh Duhamel tells him to like pull a string for a parachute. And he just gets sucked out of the plane, yeah. and we never see him again. Harmony <laughs> thinks that he died because like but, he just got in the desert. It was in the middle of Egypt. Yeah, like I think he's dead. And so, let's keep that scene. But he's a Decepticon now. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the movie, they're like, "Josh Jumel, how did you know he was a Decepticon? He was trying to infiltrate the D- DOJ and I don't, everything. Like, holy crap, he did such a good job." And Josh Jumel is just like, totally. I knew he was a Decepticon. He was was going after our secrets, and I know the president's going to give me the Medal of Honor now. (laughs) But yeah, he should be a Decepticon just, like, as a thing. Because they never come back with the people can be Decepticons in any of the movies, right? It's just this one random woman. As far as I can tell, I don't think that they do. I don't (laughs) remember. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, another thing, when they are doing surgery on Sam, or trying to do surgery, mm-hmm. I think the deal that Sam tries to make, uh, it should be recorded, and that's what leaks online, so now the military and everyone really is against Sam yeah. and company, because it's like, it's oh... It's like, I'll tell you whatever you need to know, or like... Yeah, like, I'll work with you no matter what, as yeah. long as you keep me and John DeTuro and Megan Fox safe. Yeah. And then now it's like, alright, he's a legit fugitive, and these other two people are fugitives, too. And John Turturro's like, oh, why'd you have to lump me into this? And a very Spider-Man sensibility to this. (laughs) And then throughout the whole movie, John Turturro is just pointing out why Shia LaBeouf was wrong in his (laughs) study. Like, see, this is why this didn't work. And 
Yeah, they don't know. Something yeah, like if, that. And if he is going to go to fucking robot heaven, that should be like the turning point for him where he, you know, figures out that he needs to care for people and not be such an arrogant little, yeah. little asshole. Because that, they just tell him like that he is already the leader. And I'm like, that's bullshit. He's a shitty person. He is. He's really unlikable in this. I can't really think of one redeeming thing that he does uh, except trying to get to Prime when everything's getting shot at. Yes. But, like, he still sh- cheats on his girlfriend, treats everyone pretty poorly, treats his, you know, best friend Bumblebee not great. He's always, like, sort of talking yeah. down to people. It's, uh... He's not good. No. The one thing that I do wish that actually, if there's a way to lift a scene from three uh-huh. and put it into this one, there, it's a scene right before the climax of the of Dark of the Moon where he just is talking to Bumblebee. It's a really quiet, like, conversation where it's like, did you imagine this is where we'd be, you know, five years ago, trying to stop people from destroying us with a device on the moon? <laughs> and I think that'd be a really cool thing to just have, like, a, you know, that middle moment, you know, before before he says anything to Megan Fox, where he just kind of looks at Megan Fox and he's like, all right, we've been through a lot together, you know, even if we don't stick together to the end, that's worth something. Yeah. And then by the end, he's like, all right, you can stay with me. Nice. Just lift that scene plop it into this movie because it also it makes no sense in Dark of the Moon because there is no Bumblebee subplot hmm. in Dark of the Moon it's just a moment where they're like remember how you loved them together in the first one remember <laughs> here it is so I think if we add this whole Bumblebee plot with him about growing up we take that scene put it there nice yeah in the movie that we got specifically um, I think what the mini robot when he's trying to go to restart jet fuel mm-hmm. I think he should restart it. And it's like, he turns to the crowd of people and he's just like, haha, I fooled you. Jet Fuel is actually a Decepticon and now you guys have to deal with us. No big deal. And then Jet Fuel's like, actually, like, I'm a good guy now. And then he's like, no. And I don't know, they squash him or whatever. Oh, you just kill him. Yeah. yeah. Why Why would we have this guy? Uh, he, yeah, comes... he doesn't do anything after that point. Yeah. So he's trying to be an asshole. But also, he can even be better where he's like, Actually, I don't take sides. I'm an independent. Yeah. While I may be registered as a Decepticon, <laughs> I identify as an independent. Uh, and so then Sam gives his argument, and yes. then the little robot's like, no, you gotta do this. And he's like, no, yeah, I want the world to live. Good good, good little moment there. Hmm, anything else you would want to touch on? Not particularly, because I really do think it just needs to be written from the ground up. And I mean written because it was during the writer's strike. Yeah. It wasn't written. Yeah, it really should just be cut all the excess characters and fat. Centralize the plot on Sam, you know, wanting to leave behind his Transformers past. Make the, you know, the conflict with Bumblebee and Michaela stronger. Then there's the secondary plot between the Fallen and Optimus Prime. Uh, They're not there from 17,000 BC. (laughs) According to Age of Extinction, they're the reason that the dinosaurs died out in the first place. Don't have to worry about that. Not for a while. No. Uh, Fallen's able to kill Optimus. Optimus realizes that, you know, he needs to uh, accept his strengths, take on the help of others, defeat the Fallen, and, uh, yeah, and then integrate John Turturro more streamlined into the story. Uh, if we keep the military, we make the bad guy Decepticon. Mm-hmm. Like, I would like to just excise the military plot altogether, if we can. Oh, yeah, the, the military plot line has nothing to do with this. I think it'd be so much more interesting, honestly, just to have 
the Autobots and Decepticons, and then the three humans. Yeah. And then, because then you get to follow the action, and you don't have to deal with, like, a faceless army trying to fight off these creatures that their explosions literally never do anything. All the stuff that we talked about cutting out, I'm serious, I think we would save about 30 minutes of this movie. I think more, honestly. I, je- I think we might go sub two hours. Damn. If we cut out all that extra stuff. Oh, and also cut out the parents, I forgot. Yeah. God. This movie would work so much better, too, if it was that much more coherent coherent and pacing-wise. Because it's not like a, like a big, you know, thriller where you're guessing where everything's going each moment. What I've noticed is, like, action movies, and, like, specifically things like this, work a lot better if they're short. And, like, if you hit the moments hard when they happen, mm-hmm. and you don't linger on stuff that doesn't matter. So yeah. I think that's part of why Optimus' death doesn't actually work as well, is I don't think it's actually as short as we think. But because they linger on things like the like the Rain Wilson like teacher scene, yeah, and like Sam at the party where he's writing symbols from the cake that just doesn't do anything. It just reminds us that he's going crazy, and then Optimus dies, and it feels like it's shorter than that amount of time. That it feels like it's less important. Yeah. So I think if you cut out thirty minutes to an hour, and then you, those scenes just feel more impactful already. I do not disagree. Uh, during the party scene, this just occurred to me. Yeah. You know how Bumblebee is outside and he's like, you know, tilted over and stuff? Did Bumblebee drive there drunk? Is that the joke? No, I think Bumblebee drove there and just pulled up on the frat lawn and just didn't care, like, what he was doing. But isn't he in, like... He's tipped over. But he's, like, in the bushes and stuff, right? I'm pretty sure that was just him being annoying and, like, making it hard for Sam to get in the car because then the frat boys come out and like, Hey, whose Camaro is this? Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm pretty sure that's just meant to be that Bumblebee doesn't care for other people. He just wants, he does very single focused on getting Sam where he needs to go. Okay. I, the other thing I'm fixing up is that Bumblebee is drunk and is showing <laughs> up to Sam being like at the party like, Sam, I didn't need you. I was going to come here anyway. How and do Transformers get drunk? They just play really shitty tunes. <laughs> or that's what Bumblebee would do is he just plays really bad music. And then he ju- Sam jumps in the car, and the girl shows up, too. And Sam's trying to drive, but it's Bumblebee, so it looks like Sam's super <laughs> fucked up. That's and funny. the girl's like, yo, like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, honestly, I could drive without my hands. And then, you know. Bumblebee does it, but poorly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. And then Sam gets pulled over. Sam has to do the drunk test. And Sam passes, gets back in, and the car goes all over the place. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good to see. Cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Don't cut that scene out. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I'm good on surgery. Yeah. If you are. No, I'm good too. I mean, just to, to close out our Transformers thoughts, do you think there should be any more? Not Michael Bay. Um, I, I would have to see Bumblebee mm-hmm. to see if I really have strong opinions either way. I'm not super invested in this franchise. If they can make it better, that's great. But, you know, you got a lot of... You would have to do a lot to win back the general public. Yes. Sort of like with the DC universe going through right now. There was so much crap that people feel burned. And it's like, you got to have a good couple hits that people are telling me I need to see this before. Yeah. So... I feel that. And I, yeah, especially with, like, Age of Extinction made, like, $100 million its opening weekend. And The Last Night made 40 Oof. Which is still a lot of money, but for a Transformers movie to drop over fifty percent on his opening weekend, and then I don't even think it made the top ten of the summer that year. Damn. When it came out to go from like the to be the king of all you know franchises to that far, and then they made a good movie in Bumblebee, but nobody cared anymore. Yeah. Because they made a bad one that I think 
They made a bad one. <laughs> they made they, some really they made bad some really ones. bad ones in a row. And I, I don't necessarily think the franchise should die completely. But I think if there was a way to fully establish the fact that Bumblebee is now part of a new universe instead of a prequel to the first one, mm-hmm. I think that would be a good thing to do. And then maybe do single story focuses on Transformers. Sure. You know, whatever's going to make the best movies, I'm fine with whatever. So I think it'd be fun to almost decade hop with some of the Transformers, like hmm. Optimus, like in the 90s, where he's just a giant truck and, like, you know, part of the grunge scene or whatever. And, like, yeah. <laughs> what if they, there's no fighting in that one and it's just a road movie <laughs> where, like, this trucker guy, like, drives Optimus around the country and Optimus sees, like, that's why he loves humanity so much. It's because he gets to see the world. I could be down for that. They just make, instead of it's, instead of E.T., they make Iron Giant. Yeah. And then the government's like, it's a big, bad thing. We got to blah, blah, blah. I don't see if you do that. That movie costs, like, less than $50 million. Hmm. And it's a Transformers movie. All you do is add one action scene as the climax. And you get people to watch it. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. Cool. Like I said, whatever makes the best movies. <laughs> yeah, I... I kind of do want Transformers to die, but Bumblebee just kept the spark alive enough that I'm not willing to kill it altogether. And then, if we cut to present day with Optimus Prime, he's still a huge truck. He should get a lot of shit like, hey, Optimus, you're not uh, fuel efficient. Uh, you need <laughs> yes. to go carbon efficiency. <laughs> <laughs> Transformers need to be hybrid vehicles now. <laughs> then Optimus Prime is just a giant Prius. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, shoot. And then Megatron is just a fucking Hummer. <laughs> Megatron is just a steep I yeah. stack. He doesn't move. He's just a giant polluter. And that's when Captain Planet shows up yeah. to make the universe bigger. Which Transformer would willingly be a smart car? I don't think we have the index I don't of... Think we ha- I don't think any of them would be, because yeah. all of them want to be cool cars. Like, Optimus has to be a truck. Bumblebee's got to be a cool car. Uh, Ironhide, whatever, is like a military vehicle. That might be fun, though, the military. Yeah. Like, the guy with the biggest guns is the smart car. Never mind, I changed mind. It's Ironhide. <laughs> Ironside, or whatever the fuck his name is. Tight. That's it for me. I'm I'm, I'm all Transformer now. Let's, me let's too. Wait. Let's wait till we have to do Dark of the Moon before we can jump back into this franchise. I mean, honestly, I'm more interested in watching Dark of the Moon than I was on this one. Because yeah. at least we can sort of agree Dark of the Moon is not... Awful. I mean, it, I mean, it's bad. I don't. I, I don't remember it. So that's why we have to go back to it at some point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for the guys still listening, thank you so much. If you want to keep up with our latest content, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Doctor Script. Um, and if you want to tweet at us, we have a Twitter. Uh, it's Dr Script Podcast. Just Doctor Script Podcast spelled out. Um, and then we have an email also at drscriptpodcast at gmail.com. Spell it all, the whole thing out, drscriptpodcast. Yes, it's very nice. We will read your emails and everything, and, uh, you know, we, we enjoy that stuff. It really puts a smile on our face. We do. What we also enjoy is when you subscribe to us on iTunes, leaving five stars is always a way to delight us more than Revenge of the Fallen delighted us. Oh, God, please. 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 I mean, we did this for you guys just... Come on, <laughs> just a few stars would be so helpful. Yeah, um, but thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another guy. Um, you guys will enjoy it, and uh, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> good tease, good tease. Yeah. Much better tease than Revenge of the Fall, where Megatron's <laughs> like, I'll be back to the camera. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye.